Who that? Who in my house? I'm the devil. Who's asking? The devil is not welcome here. <laughs> Who he talking to like that? Talking to your ass. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Show 10, J Matt Show. I'm your host, J Matt. I'm flying solo. You know it's no problem for me, man. I could talk. If you know me, you listen to me, it's not a problem filling up this airspace, baby. It's going down. It's going down. Hope everybody feeling good. Beautiful weather wherever you are. Sun's shining bright here in Cleveland, Ohio. Ah, man. So, I'm going to try to make this quick. <laughs> I, got a, I got a lot on my mind, man. I'm trying, I want to try to stay focused because I know when I have a lot on my mind and I get to talking, um, I might go off in a rant on one subject too long before I get to the next and then... But I think at the end, it, it, it should all come together. But I'm going to try to stay focused. I'm going to try to stay focused. Um, it's been a crazy week. You know, my, my co-host, he got some some stuff going on. Not really too sure um, if he's sick or if it's just some other shit going on. I don't know. We'll, I, I'll rap about that later. Maybe he'll update us next week. Um, and then I had a lot going on, too. So things all work out in the end. And... I'm positive of that because the way stuff ties in with me is amazing. Like everything happens for a reason. That's my, that's been my philosophy for quite some time. Uh, And if you pay attention to things, you'll understand why things happen. And therefore it'll, that little cliche will, will make sense to you. You just got to be, aware you got to heighten your awareness i tell my wife all the time you just got to be a little bit more aware of things and stuff will start to make sense you know stuff won't go over your head as often i wake up this morning and and as i normally start my day uh i look i grab my phone most of us with phones we grab our phone um look at either social media or any news outlets i usually look at the news outlets to see what type of headlines uh people are waking up to um this morning, super interesting headline grabbed my attention, and it kind of just created another thought. And in contemplating this article, it tied into what I was doing earlier in the week, and it just produced some other thoughts that tied into this grand kind of topic I wanted to get into. Now, before I introduce the topic, I want to just be honest. I didn't come up with a topic. I'm about to introduce a topic (laughs) off the top of my head right now. Um, But the article that I read, let me just start there. The article that I read um, was from CNN. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to be giving you too many specifics. But... The article was about the passing of a new law, I believe, that has now solidified and made official that Israel, uh, Jerusalem specifically, is the historic 
home of the Jews. So anyone of Jewish descent, now it is official that your historic home is Israel and Jerusalem. That is huge. That's huge. Okay, now the benefits of that um, are going to be, well, there, it's, it's yet to be seen as to how this is really going to unfold uh, as far as who benefits and to whose detriment uh, this change will affect. Now, if you're familiar with that area, then it's safe to assume you know the negative side of the law on, on, on this home state thing. You can kind of put the puzzle pieces together and figure out, okay, well, I don't think this is going to help the conflict over there. And one of the specific things that I did note in the article is that along with passing this historic uh, legislation or law is that it downgrades the language of the neighbors of the land. Those also sharing in the land, Palestinians, um, it, it basically said that their language is now under a special status. We don't know what that means. It just said special status. That can mean so many things when you are talking about the world of law and how different words take on different meanings in legislation. So when you say special, I mean, that, that, that word has a different meaning when you're talking about law. And status also takes on uh, a meaning of its own when you're talking about law. So we got to keep a close eye on that, okay? Got to keep a very, very, very close eye on, on how this may affect anything going on in the future there. And I'm curious to see if things intensify or if things uh, kind of stay the same. I mean, I can't even imagine things getting worse. I mean, we just all should hope and pray that, you know, it doesn't escalate into something too serious. But I keep my fingers crossed on that. Here's how this article relates to everything I want to talk about. So I guess the topic of this would be everything is not what it seems. I'm interested to find out how or why certain people decide in their own minds to live an encapsulated life. I'm curious to find out why certain people decide that being boxed in in their thinking is better than thinking outside the box. I'd, I'd really love to understand why that is. Now, for me, I tie this along the lines of religion. To me, y'all, I'll be honest, religion is scary as hell. I, I am so comfortable denouncing not not uh the specific uh doctrines of each religion i just denounce all of religion because i don't see it as a healthy uh thing 
Um, I just see it as something that further divides people and creates uh, a space where it's okay to have a boxed in mentality because in your boxed in mentality, you're able to justify anything your boxed in mind comes up with. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to consider anyone else's feelings or thoughts because you're boxed in and in your boxed in mind are all of your justifications for being boxed in, if that makes sense. So as someone who's come out of a religion and very comfortable doing so, I'm able to understand the boxed in mentality and I'm also able to understand the thinking outside of the box mentality. I also understand that it's more difficult to think outside of the box when you are first in the box. So it's, it's, how, it's hard to step out when you've spent more of your time in. I've spent most of my time in the box as opposed to outside. So I understand those of any religion who feels the need to be an apologist for that religion, who feels the need to uh, kind of dig in on your stance and defend it. Um, because you're in, in defending your religion, you're defending the foundation of your morality. Because most of us get our morality from our religious beliefs. So it's understandable why you want to defend that point. So I understand in talking to someone who is who holds a, a religious uh, faith or, or belief system, understand where they're coming from, and I can dialogue with you. I'm finding that it's very difficult for those who have not been outside of the box to dialogue with someone who is. See, I'm learning a lot. It's only been two years since I've been outside the box, so to speak. So I spend majority of my life in that. So a lot of this is me navigating my way through life with this newfound understanding and, and my outside of the box thinking while I have the perspective of, of those inside the box. So I'm trying to navigate the waters. It's tricky. It's tricky because having two perspectives, you're open. You're not necessarily dug in to the point where you're defending a stance. You're dug in to the point where you're open to finding out why it is you're dug in on your stance. I'm not really, you know what I mean? I, I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Because some people are dug in to the point where they can't hear other things. So, back to the Khazars, which are the Jews. See, here's a little bit of historical perspective. What I just gave you was actually a fact. I'd like for you guys to go ahead and do a little bit of historical research and you'll find a lot. What you need to do, if you're not familiar with how to research, research by research is going out, finding something that someone has studied, right? Because you want to get some information and you read what this person has studied and then you go and look at how this person arrived at this information. What did this person read and study as their source to produce what I'm now reading and studying? And then you go back and you read what they have read in order to produce the document that you're now reading. That's called research. 
you're researching what this person you're reading about has searched. So you're researching it. You basically you're peeling back the layers and you're going and finding and reading this stuff yourself so you can formulate your own opinion and therefore you don't have to rely on those opinions that you're reading. Now, these aren't always opinions. A lot of these things can be facts. And if you actually are familiar with how to research, you can prove whether something is fact or if it's opinion. A lot of what has infiltrated the religious sets of the world or communities of the world, it sounds better, is esoteric knowledge. That's where things get a little bit confusing, okay? That's where, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but the, the idea of this esoteric knowledge is that it's only known by a, by a certain few scholars. Uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's limited wisdom where only a few people are able to even acquire it un, or understand it and therefore teach it. So you have to you have to understand and recognize what esoteric knowledge is in order to in, tor- in order to see where esoteric knowledge and information has infiltrated your life or your religious doctrines. All right. Okay. I was doing some research earlier in the week for a topic that we were going to go into. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the topic because we may still do the show. My partner said it's near and dear to his heart, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But it was of the religious. It's, it's kind of along the lines of some religious content. So I decided, let me just let's let's let me go into some of these religious people who are scholars accredited. And, you know, they have the platform um, to teach and see what they say about this particular subject. And I go on to YouTube to, to, to listen to some uh, lectures or some sermons or some dissertations for some uh, people who are credible in this field of knowledge. So in doing so, you know, you know, the list of names that come up that are popular. You got T.D. Jakes, you got uh, Juanita Bynum. And uh, I mean, I don't want to let all, some of the names are controversial. Some of them aren't. It's, it, it's just based on your opinion. But I decided to select the video by Benny Hinn. Not sure if anybody knows Benny Hinn. He's one of the world's largest, um, uh, biggest evangelists, makes millions and millions of dollars. He tours, he preaches, he does like healings. He does the whole, whole shebang, whole shebang. I didn't know much about Benny Hinn until I really started studying um, religion and, and the Bible and things like that. Uh, but I, I guess my first introduction to Benny Hinn was while I was on social media. When I first joined Facebook and trying to get some understanding of the platform and how it works, um, some videos were circulating around. And I think this video was sent to me by somebody. It may have been my brother or father-in-law. But this video was of Benny Hinn. At the time, again, I didn't know who he was or what he was doing. But he's like in his auditorium or a stadium. Could have been a church with, you know, how big these churches are these days. You, you don't know. But anyway, he's up on stage and this dude is basically passing out the Holy Ghost by way of his coat jacket. He took off his jacket and he waving his jacket around 
hitting people with the jacket, making them fall out. He even went so far, I guess his, he has so much power or the jacket has so much power. Or the Holy Ghost got so much power. He waved his jacket at one side of the auditorium. They all faint. He go to he go to wave it over on the other side. They all fall out. It was like he was performing a spiritual wave in the crowd with his coat. Man, it was one of the most craziest things. It was so funny because this video had like uh, martial arts sounds. It had that every time he, he threw his coat, it was like, are you get you know, the street fighter <laughs> noise. Man, had me rolling. So anyway, that's Benny Hinn. All right. So I'm listening to Benny Hinn. And I get about six minutes in and my mouth and my mouth drops. My eyes is big. Pupils dilated. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this dude saying? All right. I paused the video a few times because I'm, I'm trying to gather myself like what in the world is this dude talking about? And I think I might have lasted 10 minutes. And this video was like an hour and 15 minutes, like 10 minutes. I couldn't. I, I've heard enough. I couldn't go any further. He's demonstrated to me the negative power of esoteric knowledge infiltrating the religious system. I'll tell you what he said. You can agree or disagree. But again, this is esoteric knowledge. He feels as though this information is only known by a small group of people. And he's teaching this as if, and he actually said, he said, you people need to get this. You people need to understand this this man says and i'm not arguing anything at this point i'm just relaying the information to get to a bigger point he says that um in the old testament of the bible the holy spirit did not exist he says that the holy spirit is actually the intel in in the intellectual portion of the holy trinity and without the holy spirit there is no intelligence found in God or the Son. God the Father or the Son has no intelligence without the Holy Spirit. So he actually said that without the Holy Spirit, God would not even know your name. I had to turn it off. I had to turn it off because first off in my mind, first thought I say is, well, if he's not, a, if he wasn't intelligent in the Old Testament, how in the world does a non-intelligent being create humans? <laughs> How does a non-intelligent being say, I want to create a life in my likeness to inherit the earth and have dominion over it? How, how do you form the universe, all the worlds and everything in it without intelligence? So I had to turn it off. And then it got me to thinking like, man, this is scary. This is scary. This is not just Christianity. This is Esoteric knowledge is pervasive in all religions because you're always going to have someone who feels like they have uncovered, they have deciphered the code. When you realize that these things are open for your own interpretation, then you realize there's no need for religion. That's, that's what I realize at least. But To take it back to the article that I read, and the reason why I say the Khazars or Khazars is because it's a fact that the people that inherit the land that we call the Holy Land today, that we call Israel or Jerusalem, 
is not their native land. They're not indigenous to that land. They migrated there in, in the 40s when the creation of the Jewish state was made. They, they inherited, inherited that land by a law, not by any type of God-given right. Well, wait a second. Why? Why, why did that happen? Do your own research on that. Well, wait a second. Are those people actually Jews? They're not. Those people converted to Judaism. They converted and made themselves Jews. Themselves. So that is actually a fact. It's a historical fact. So how is it? How is it that we are are as a people or maybe just on an individual level? Is it that it's accepted that they are actually Jews? When they're not historically, they're not their own history says that they're not, but it's nationally and worldwide for the majority. It's is a consensus that it's accepted that they're Jews. Even though they're not. How is it possible that facts can be dismissed and then some other knowledge be inserted and accepted as truth when we know better? <laughs> what is that? What makes someone ignore one truth, which is actually based in fact, and then skip over to someone else's perhaps interpretation of truth or esoteric ideas and roll with that instead. How is that possible? Here's another example. And then I'm going to try to bring it home. I want you guys to watch the Truman Show. Great movie with Jim Carrey. Came back, came out in like the 90s or early 2000s. I'm not sure. This movie is an example of the effects and power of being boxed in. The effect and power of being encapsulated in a, in a mind frame that's in a thought process that's given to you as opposed to one that's naturally of you. I want y'all to follow that. Truman and this whole movie came about because some person had a grand idea of power and wealth. And he came up with an idea to make those idea the those those lofty goals come to fruition. He came up with a, an idea for a reality television show. A reality television show that would has the potential to last longer than any syndicated show ever in existence in this in this world and to make potentially billions upon billions of dollars. The most that anyone has ever made off of a television network or show that is that is to have the idea that we're going to document someone's life from birth until death. And have it available 24 hours a day for the viewing public's pleasure. The catch is, 
this boy, this baby, this person we named Truman will have no idea that the world he lives in is set up by the production company. He will have no idea that everyone involved in his life is an actor or an actress with one goal to keep the show going. He has no idea that his environment is not natural. So how do you make this work? You you know, there's a grand plan in place to get this to work. You know, as a child, they're very impressionable. Very impressionable. Growing up as a kid, it's pretty easy to, 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 to train his child into uh, interacting in his environment. It's very easy. But as Truman got older, and as as the, the, the reins were taken back, basically, you know, you're going to get older. You can't stay under the control of your parents that long. They will tell you, no, don't do that, that this will happen based on experience. So you listen to them for protection. Now, your natural inclination is to go out and explore. Oh, don't go there. This will happen. But when you get older and you are further away from the reins of those who control you, like your parents or, or whoever, whatever, it's harder to hold you back. Now, in Truman's world, in Truman's world, everything was set up to keep him where he was. His environment and his world was an island. It was set up to be paradise for Truman. It was set up so that he wouldn't want to go anywhere else. They, they wanted to set him up to understand that you're safe here. There's no crime here or very little. The weather's beautiful. I mean, the people are great. Why would you want to leave here? It's paradise. They set up different things throughout his life so that he subconsciously would want to stay where he would subconsciously be fearful of exploration. When he was young, one of his friends died in a boating accident. He drowned, creating a, 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 a scary scenario of the potential danger of the water. Mind you, he's on an island. His world is an island. Now Truman has a fear of water. But he still wants to know what else is out there. He just has a natural inclination that there has to be more. So Truman, he gets older. He's like, look, man, I want to take a flight. I, I heard about these other places around the world. I'd like to go visit. I just want to go visit. Goes to travel agent's office. And these are spoilers. This is an old ass movie. Go see it. And it's pictures of airplanes crashing and, and burning. Subliminal messages all over him trying to keep him grounded in where, where he is and what he believes to be true. But it doesn't, it doesn't suppress his natural inclination to explore. There has to be more. He doesn't give up. Truman eventually decides to get on a boat, overcome his fear, get on the boat, and I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm about to sail as far as I can. There has, because inside of me, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to. 
I'm going to die if I cannot explore. If I can't go see what these other people have read, have, have taught about, then I am, I am limited. This pursuit drove Truman to overcome his fear of water and drowning. Truman gets on a boat, sails as far as he can. Truman hits a wall in the middle of the ocean. A wall. What? Wait a second. This can't be. Truman. Wait a second. He reaches out his hand and lo and behold, he feels a wall there. This can't be. How is there a wall in the middle of the ocean? Something crazy is going on. Now he knows what's up. He follows the wall, along the wall, as long as he can. And you know what Truman comes to? A door with a big orange reddish exit sign on it. Man, this is deep. Truman is at a crossroad at this very, very moment. Does he leave his box, his encapsulated world that was set up for him to be paradise and perfection? Or does he go outside that door into the unknown and take on a new life? What does Truman do? Before he goes out that door, he hears a voice. A voice from heaven. It ain't, it ain't God. It's the TV producer. He sees that his creation is coming to an end. He knows what that means for his business. He knows what that means for, for everything. He speaks to him. Tries to get him to stay. He said, the world out there is no safer than the world that I've created for you. You know what Truman said? I've seen enough of the world you've created for me. I'm out. <laughs> he ain't say that but Truman bounced he like this door is here I never knew how in the world I was ever going to explore anything I found something that's new I'm going to see what it's about and he bounced he left his encapsulated world that was set up for him and he left Truman was able to get outside of his box now, that was the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That was the end. We don't know what happened to Truman, but that's left to be desired. You can say whatever you want. You can, you can put your own ending to that story. But why don't you apply that to your life? That's all I'm asking you at this point. Apply it to your life. Are we accepting? Are we accepting the world that is created for us? Or are we going to point out things in the world that are factual and glossed over and get to the bottom of those things in order to form a more accurate reality of our world? Please do your research on the Khazars. These people are not Jewish. They are the people that migrated to where the Jewish state now is officially set. So, how in the world 
do we overlook certain facts and go with certain opinions? It's safe when you're boxed in in your mind. It's safe that way. I understand the scary nature of going out into the unknown. But let me tell y'all, I've gone out into the unknown. It's not that scary. More sense can be made when you decide that it's important to make sense of the things that don't make sense. (laughs) Now, I know that's going to go over some people's head, too. Now, when Benny Hinn says God did not have intelligence before the creation of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit didn't come into existence into the New Testament. How many people are willing to join me in saying that 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 guy is an idiot? How many people are are able to join me in saying that's stupid? And why would anyone believe that? (laughs) It contradicts. The very nature of God. Wait, wait a second. How are you saying that, Justin? How are you saying that contradicts the nature of God? He also went on to say that God was not omnipresent in the Old Testament. (laughs) He didn't become omnipresent until the creation of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I want to get off Benny Hinn. I want to try to tie this stuff in so that you understand what I'm saying. The reason why I believe religion is scary. The reason why I believe most of your answers will be found outside of religious doctrine. Is because. If you're scared to read between the lines. Then you will be scared to formulate your own opinion. At this very point in time, I am so comfortable saying that religion is toxic. I don't know the ins and outs of all religion, but Christianity, I very, feel very confident speaking on that. Very confident. I don't want to give you guys Bible verses and things like that because I really don't want to come off as if I'm some type of authority on anything. Okay, I really don't. But I have one verse for you. This is Proverbs 331. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. That is in the Bible. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Why in the world would anyone decide to follow the ways of those who are literally oppressing you? Have been oppressing you and continue to oppress you. Why would you take on their ways? It's in the Bible that tells you not to. So how is it that we can look over that particular verse and then justify ways of take justify the reasons black folks specifically have taken on the ways of their oppressor oppressor? I heard uh, uh, while I was doing my research, I heard another uh, video uh, of a sermon of a woman. I can't remember. I think 
might have been Bynum, Juanita Bynum. But she said, uh, all the evil things that Master did to us, he messed up. Master gave, he Master made one mistake. He let us, he, he, he let us know about Jesus. Uh-oh, crowd went crazy. Yeah, woo, say it, sister. Master shouldn't have told us about Jesus because now we know where our strength comes from. Now we know where our rest comes from. Hey, ha, ha, what? Who gave you Jesus again? Did you just say Massa gave you Jesus? What does your book say? Envy though not the oppressor and choose none of his, none of his ways. But you just said Massa gave you Jesus. Listen, y'all, I... I, I I don't want to get in. I don't want to make nobody upset. I want to go back to my point. How in the world are we choosing one fact over the other? And what makes one supersede the other? You know why I don't get with Christianity? And uh, Jeff Brown, a comedian, he says he got, he got a couple of quotes that I, <laughs> that are funny to me that I, actually I align with. He says that. Not to offend anybody, but he's a comedian. It's funny. It's funny to me, at least. He says that once you learn how to read, you no longer affiliate yourself with the, with the religion. Like, once you learn how to read the Bible and understand it, you should naturally come about. Naturally. Naturally. Okay. I want to break this down. Then I want to let you guys go. Okay. Once I realized that the religion that I was in was not the religion of Jesus, because Jesus set up no religion. God set up no religion. They set up laws and ways of life for you to live. So if he set up a ways of life to live, things to do, then the religion of that is to live those laws out. You don't have to give it a label and a name and be like, hey, join us. No, it's for everyone. These laws are, are to live, guide and live your life. Now, when it comes to religion, religion is set up by people. Religion is set up with those, by those who have agendas. There's a reason why this religion is set up. There's an agenda behind it. Christians, the title of Christian was not developed by Jesus. It was not developed by any of the, of the 12. That title was assigned to a group of people who believed a certain thing. That title was given to the people who believed in the teachings of Jesus. That title was assigned to those who wished to kill them. They had to identify them in order to get rid of them. So they assigned a title, Christian. So if you hear anyone preaching this doctrine, that person is a Christian and therefore that's who we looking for. Kill they ass. Who gave the title Christian to the followers of Jesus? The Romans. Those who oppressed the Christian faith. <laughs> but now everybody calls themselves a Christian instead of a follower and a believer in Jesus. The Apostle Paul set up the Christian faith, which is why he is held high in high regard, and his books are mostly taught in the Christian churches. 
Paul was not a disciple, nor was he an apostle. Without trying to, without really going into Paul, because I can do so, and I but again, there's no one here to me for me to dialogue with. So I'm like talking at everybody, but I want everyone to realize I'm not talking at you. I am giving perspective, right? Here's the thing. Matthew 15, 22, 28. Jesus said he was only sent for the lost sheep of Israel. Now, who are the lost sheep of Israel? That's a specific people that he came from. And he said it himself out of the words of Jesus. I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay. Out of Jesus' mouth, this is what he said. And he directed those who, who followed him and taught under him who to go out and preach to. Who to go out and bring back home. He told you, don't go by the way, the Gentiles. I came for these people. So when you go into a house and it's a suspected house of the lost sheep of Israel, everyone in that house that will hear your word, that will hear the confession that Jesus teaches us, all those that are willing to hear in the house of the lost sheep of Israel are to come on home. Those who will not hear will go by the way of the Gentiles. He did not say, go to the Gentiles, and if they don't receive your word, oh well. No. He said, don't go by them. Go find the houses of the lost sheep of Israel and teach to them. And if those people don't decide to come, then oh well. Now here we come to the Paul. And Paul makes these grandiose claims with no witnesses around him about all the power and authority that God and Jesus gave him. He didn't study under Jesus. He wasn't no disciple. He gave himself the title of apostle by having a dream. Do you understand that dreams are how most of religions get set up? Someone says they had a dream and it's of God and now we got a religion. Anyone can do that. So you got to be careful. You have to be careful with that. And in order to differentiate between those who have uh, good intentions and those who are literally trying to set something up for themselves, a lasting legacy that, that where their doctrine can live on, you got to go back to the source. So if you say your, your source is Jesus, why are you overlooking, overlooking that Jesus told you specifically what to do? And you're going to this guy who says, because Jesus came to him in a dream that no one else witnessed and gave him the authority to do this, we're going to go with that instead of the words out of Jesus's mouth. It's amazing to me. Now, that simple thing right there, it was enough for me to be like, nobody else sees this. No one else sees this. Jesus was a cold blooded prophet with a cold blooded message. He told you it's not this. I didn't come here for everybody. I didn't come here to save the world. I came here to save the lost sheep of the children of Israel. So if we want to really align ourselves with, with Jesus and what he said, then every single person who follows that teaching needs to find out their 
DNA lineage and find out if you are one of the house, the lost, the uh, lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because that's then you know Jesus came for you. If you ain't that, then guess what? Jesus said he ain't come for you. All right. Guess what? Guess what that that sets up? That sets up a question. That sets up a question, a huge question. How can you ignore one thing and go to the next? What is that? Where does that come from? Is it is it programming? Is it just subconscious teachings that, that you come up with where you just hear a voice and you'd be like, well, I mean, it really sounds good. I mean, that sounds so good. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. <laughs> Paul was not one of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. <laughs> Paul's Greek name is Saul. I'm sorry, his, his, his real name was Saul. Greek name was Paul. How you taking on Greek names? How, how are you taking on Greek names? You know what I you know what I think? This is just a personal theory. Um, I believe that I personally believe that Paul he was uh, he was on to something. He had his own agenda. He he knew that Jesus came for specific people. And he knew he wasn't he wasn't a part of that group. That's super, super, super sensitive knowledge. He knew he wasn't a part of that. So he said, well, you know what? Let me, let me throw the trail off of this huge truth. Let me just throw the trail off of that. And let me go ahead and say that Jesus made me a prisoner to the Gentiles. And he came and told that specifically to me. And therefore, let me go out and preach his message to everyone and make Jesus for everyone instead of a specific group that he said he came for. No, let's just open him up. For everyone. And then therefore, we will throw the scent and the trail off of those powerful people that share the DNA line of, of Jesus himself. Let's take the power away from that specific group and give it to everyone. Let's take the power away. Envy though not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Why have we chosen the ways of the oppressor? If that's not the question, then do you even recognize that there is an oppressor? That's interesting. Because I think, I think we're at the point now where we don't feel like oppression even exists. Why? Because we got Jesus. Everyone has Jesus. And therefore, through Jesus, we are all free. Taking you completely off of what's really going on that you're not free, you're continuously oppressed, and we're continuously taking on the culture of our oppressor. Completely opposite of what the book says that everyone wants to follow. Very weird. Super weird. So, I want to leave you guys with this, this thought. Again, I don't even remember what the topic was because I came up with it on the top of my head. But, let's just be smart, y'all. Let's just be smart. And if you want to associate yourself with a religion and if your religion is predicated on the teaching and following of a specific person or thought process, 
why don't you just do that? Why are you going beyond the source and then taking on the doctrines of someone who came 30, 40 years later with no witnesses to God's in instruction for him to change everything? He, he sent his only begotten son to tell you. Just food for thought. It's been a long show. I told y'all I could talk. <laughs> Look, we got another interesting show coming for y'all next week. I'm not sure if it's going to be me and my partner. It might be me and my wife. We got some heater topics for y'all. So stay tuned. You never wouldn't know what you're going to get with the j Mass show. I love y'all. I love this. The devil is not welcome here. We out.